today. Um, as um, some of you guys know, if, if you don't know uh, Shannon or I, um, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I was trained to be a teacher, and then God called me to the ministry because that was where he'd always called me to be, but I thought that when God called me to teach, that it would be, um, I took him too literally, <laughs> and, 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 and like literally became a teacher, and then um, when I got to the end of my teaching time and I went into the ministry, it's like, well, God, what did you make me do that for because I'm never going to teach again and then ironically as, as we've come up here and planted church um, um, teaching's been one of the ways that have been able to support our family so I mean God never wastes anything like the, the, there's, there's nothing that's ever um, wasted so there might be skills there might be abilities there might be things that you might not have used for a long time and you think that they're wasted but I'm here to tell you today that God is not in the wasting business. He's in the redemption business. He's in the recycling business. Those things in the, that you've carried for such a long time. Um, and you're like going, God, you've given me these gifts, but I've got no area to, to use them in. I'm telling you today that you can trust in God. I'm telling you today that you can believe that what he says will happen will happen. And so I guess um, what I wanted to talk about today, it's actually a really simple message. It's called learning, uh, learning to trust and lean in. Learning to trust God and lean in. One of the things that I've come to realize is that trust and wisdom are actually really closely linked. So when you trust God, um, it, it's actually closely, wink, uh, closely, winked, closely linked to appearing wise. So I'll give you an example. Like, I, I think I'm a smart dude. Um, my kids will say I'm, like, not that smart. Um, I, I, I pride myself on being, like, a wise person. Like, it's one of the things that I feel God's um, called me to do. But it can actually lead me to be cynical. So if I, if I look at situations with my wisdom eyes, my wise, intelligent eyes, I can look at situations and circumstances, and I can go, no, nah, that'll never happen. No, nah, that, that just won't work out. No, I can see that because of this and this and this, you won't get the result that you're looking for. Have you ever noticed that God's wisdom doesn't always add up to our wisdom? I'll give you a great example. Take my wife. Oh, no. <laughs> um, Shannon is actually really trusting, and she's always been really good at trusting God, like more, more, so, than, more so than me. For me, there's definitely more of a point of tension there. It's almost like the wrestle. Like, we're, like when... Um, uh, when you see, you hear the um, story in the Bible of, of Jacob wrestling with the angel, like I resonate with that on a deep, deep level, right? Like doubting Thomas, who has to put his fingers through the holes, yeah, I resonate with that on a deep, deep level, all right? Shan, on the other hand, she's kind of like a combination of Mary and Martha, right? So um, she's actually the first person... Um, or one of the, the best people that I know that'll leap before she looks. <laughs> and see, on a, in a worldly sense, that's stupidity, hey. And, and with my wise eyes, that's stupidity. It's like, oh, that, don't do that, that'll never work out. But because Shan's one of those people that leaps before she looks, time and again I've seen God come through for her. As she trusts God, as she leans into God. I'll give you some great examples. Shannon at one stage was a wedding photographer. Um, she's still occasionally a wedding photographer. Sorry, Annalise, no, she, yeah. Um, she, she is still a wedding photographer. She does do some, some, some weddings and stuff like that. 
Um, at one stage, she uh, at one stage she owned a gallery, um, and was a business owner. Now, worldly wise Ray looked at my wife, who was a creative, <laughs> and went, "You can't run a business. <laughs> there's, there's no way. There's no way you can run a business." But she ran a business in an arcade down in Invercargill. It was a gallery, included like artwork on the walls and stuff like that. Um, throughout that time, she gave away stuff, she gave away products, she gave away all kinds of things. At one stage, before and after, she's given away camera equipment, which she's had to get again sometimes. And worldly wise Ray goes, man, that's, that's foolish. But time and again, I've seen um, God come through for Shan. Time and again, um, pardon me. Um, <laughs> Time and again, um, I've seen God come through for Shan. Um, she actually shut, like, all she wanted to ever do was um, be a creative, um, uh, 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 be a creative, photo- photography. Um, how many times have you given up photography now? I, I think it's three times. Like, Shannon's calling is as a photographer. Um what she's called to do, she knows she's called to do, and there's been these times in the past, um, particularly since we've been married, so about 15 years now, three times now she's literally given up her calling for the sake of family, and for the sake of what was best for us, and for the sake of um, planning this church that we're currently standing in. Three times now she's tried to give up her calling because she felt that that's what God had told her to do. Um, She actually volunteered at church for years and years and years. uh, at our last church for um, three or four years she was the, one of the only full-time volunteers on staff um, which is basically an intern but you have to do all the staff stuff as well <laughs> um, she then worked at SIT to help provide for us as a family when she come up here she worked for SIT Queenstown to help provide for us as a family she then worked at the Central App to help provide for us as a family and occasionally she'd get flashes of being, uh, being able to take photos but for for a long time, she's just been trusting in God. So we're sort of standing here now at this kind of precipice. Like Shannon's just finished up her, um, finished up, uh, what is it, central app, reporting, work, working as such. And we're about to take this new journey um, where we're going into the unknown, where God literally has to come through for us or everything's <laughs> going to fall over in a really bad way. <laughs> um, if, if you hear us starting to ask if there's two spare rooms available that we can hang out of for a while. Um, the bank's potentially foreclosed on our mortgage. No, no, no. The point that I'm trying to make is that um, there's worldly wisdom and there's godly wisdom. And godly wisdom actually results in trusting God and believing that he'll do what he says he'll do. Um, the th- Sorry, that's probably the longest I've said nice things to you ever. <laughs> I don't want to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> Here's some flowers. No, okay. Um, now, if you're sitting here in this room today, you probably either resonate with Shan. It's like, yeah, well, absolutely, of course, you'd give up. If God says to give up, then you'd give up. Or you'd resonate with me. Nah, that'll never work. And actually, being both of those things is actually 100% Okay. We're all on this journey of learning to trust God and lean in on God more. Hey? We're all on this journey of um, becoming more wise in the way, that God's, uh, the way that God works. Because as we learn more about God, 
we actually learn to trust him more because he's trustworthy. Have you ever noticed that God's more trustworthy than we are? Yet we're the ones that question God. That's weird, hey. He's more trustworthy than we are. Think about a promise that you've made to yourself this week and then broken. Well, I can think of like a dozen, mainly to do with food. I'm not going to eat that. I'm not going to eat that. I'm not going to eat that. Oh, where did that go? I'm not going to play this game. I'm not going to play this game. I'm not going to play this game. Oh, five hours sleep is okay. Okay? We, we, we make promises to ourselves, and we break those promises all, all the time. So, like, even we're not trustworthy for ourselves, but then we treat God with the same expectation. That he will say something, and then we'll go, Ah, oh, do you really mean that? Can you really come through in that way? It's funny, hey, but we're all on that journey somewhere. So what I wanted to do today is, um, I love Proverbs. Proverbs is pretty cool, but I, I just wanted to go through one um, particular chapter today. And I've just got a couple of thoughts around it, and it's, it's basically just to give you guys a bit of a, a chance to, um, I guess, wrestle with some of, the, some of the verses. I've got pretty much like one thought for each uh, couple of verses, so it's going to be a very short message today. But I'm on this journey to wisdom. And I, I've realized that part of wisdom is knowing God, and part of wisdom is learning to trust God more. So I'm going to take you on the journey with me. The um, chapter we're going to look at is Proverbs 3. And we're going to look at um, from verse 5, okay? I've got the New, King's ja- uh, the New King James Version, but whatever version you've got is good. All right? So it starts off with this. Proverbs 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. Now I'm going to stop there. Um, if, if, you are, if you can 100% identify with that verse, if you can just wave at me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Is there anyone that's 100% there? 90% there? 80% there? I'm kind of like a 50-50 guy myself. Trust in the God with all my heart. Yeah, I want to do that. Lean not on my own understanding. No, no, no. Hey, I understand a fair bit. It's okay. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a normal, rational human being. At best, I'm 50-50. Hey, yeah, I'm going to trust in God. But also, like I know some stuff. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Who enjoys driving with their partner? (laughs) Who's ever used the imaginary brake pedal while their partner is driving? (laughs) (laughs) Who's legitimately said, pull over the car, I'm driving from now? (laughs) Jesus take the wheel alright no um, just out of interest if you say Jesus take the wheel and you're on the gorge and you take your hands off the wheel that's not trust that's not wisdom uh, you go you go and die okay it's um, it's not okay but the thing is is that um, how hard is it for us to trust God with the the steering wheel of our lives yeah how hard is it for us to uh, acknowledge him and in all our ways direct our paths what, is, what, is, what does that sound like? That's like legitimately, hey, should I go this way or should I go that way? Hey, should I do this or should I do that? See, the thing is, is that there's, truth, there's two truths or two wisdoms to the world. But when it comes down to it, God's truth is the heavier truth. It, it's, it's what, um, it's what um, supersedes maybe the truth that even we've decided for ourselves. 
So for us, the way that we live our lives, our guidance, our compass needs to come from Him. Verse 7, it says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Okay, I've already been guilty of that, this sermon. I I just realized as I was reading over it before the service that I said, hey, I'm pretty wise. (sighs) I'm feeling so convicted right now. (laughs) Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. See, there's a difference between not being wise in our own eyes and tearing strips off ourselves, yeah? So, like, do not be wise in, a, in your own eyes. That just basically means don't have, a, have an honest accounting or an honest reckoning of yourself. For some of us or for most of us, we've probably gone too far one way. We think of ourselves more than what we are, or we've gone too far the other way. We think of ourselves less than what we should. So do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It'll be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. God's way is the pathway to health. I would rather be foolish in the world's eyes and wise in God's ways. It goes on, verse 9. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. So trusting in God looks like trusting him with our resource, trusting him with our time, trusting him with our income. And so the question then is, do we live as if God's our provider? Verse 11. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects, just as a father the son in whom he delights. So how about this one then? Now, this one is a hard pill to swallow sometimes. This is, who really likes being disciplined? Pete's like, yeah, you join the army, of course you do. You've been, you've literally been programmed to like it. Okay. Um, (laughs) Pete genuinely enjoys being disciplined. Okay, is there anyone else that likes to be chastened? Is there anyone else that has had a brother or a sister that's ever chastened them when they didn't want to be chastened? (laughs) (laughs) Charlie's like, (laughs) all right. It's really interesting because according to verse 11, verse 12, trusting God is letting God discipline and refine us. Like being okay with God giving us a smack around the ears every now and again. Um, Mentoring when done really well, includes a lot of chase, uh, chastening, includes a lot of chastising, yeah? I have these two great mentors in my life, and they've got very, very different approaches. Um, one, uh, we'll call him Pastor Ian, because uh, that's what his name was. Um, pastor Ian was my senior pastor. He was an incredible guy and an incredible mentor. He was also the world's greatest encourager. So um, Pastor Ian's sole type of mentoring was you're doing an incredible job. 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 And one of the things that happened off the back of that is that I felt like I was doing an incredible job. Um, I always felt encouraged. I always felt lifted up. I had another mentor as well. We'll call him Pastor Terry, because that's his name. I, um, when I first started doing ministry, <laughs> I legitimately had, I was paid for eight hours, okay, which is, which is great, 
It's awesome to be paid for something that I love to do. Um, I was paid for eight hours. Four hours of those eight hours were spent in Pastor Terry's office. <laughs> I mean, literally in his office, there were two contact hours and there was some other planning stuff that we did. Two things would happen during those um, sessions. Um, Pastor Terry would tell me what I'd done wrong, and then he'd tell me what I should do instead. Now, you might think that this is a bad thing, but just so you know, I haven't been always been the altogether really super fit man you see before you. I was occasionally a little bit rough around the edges. And it was great to have Pastor Ren's mentoring. It was so good because it meant that I, he believed in me even at the time that I didn't believe in myself yet. And that was good. And that, and that got me to a point. But 15 years down the track, it was actually Pastor Terry's mentoring where he was willing to sit down with me for 10% of his week and actually take the time to tell me what I needed to do and then give me a vision for the future. That's actually part of what's changed me into the person that I am today. Does that make sense? See, because Pastor Ian loved me enough, and, and like we love each other, don't get me wrong, Pastor Ian loved me enough to encourage me no matter the situation and circumstance, which is an incredible, you have to have people in your corner. Pastor Terry was like the ice, the cutting man or the ice man in the boxing ring, the guy that made me functional, the guy that, that smoothed off those edges, and God actually used him in a way that meant that I could accept criticism in a way that wouldn't crush me, whereas up to that point, I, I, I saw it um, encouragement only. So when we sit there and when we put ourselves in the place of point that I was trying to make for you. <laughs> How do you let God speak into your life? Are you at the point in your life where the stuff that you need to hear from God, and this isn't a bad thing, this is just a point on the journey, yeah? Are you at the point where the only thing that you, you want, need, can be to take from God is, I love you, you're amazing, you're great, keep going. So that's, that's great. That's actually a really important thing. We all need to have that identity where identity is spoken into us. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. You're amazing. I love you as you are. We need that. Or are you at the stage where God can actually literally speak truth into your life? I love you, but what you're doing in this area is maybe not the greatest. I love you. But if you're going to go into the next season, you need to strengthen yourself and me this way. So are you, are you at the point where you're letting the Lord correct you? To put it another way, um, when it comes to God, who you let speak into your life is important, yeah? Like it's actually genuinely important. And if you, so if Shannon says bad stuff to me all the time, but I listen to her all the time as a result of that, I'll think of myself differently as a result of what Shan says. She doesn't, because she's awesome. Okay? If we think of ourselves as human hardware, and that teacher, uh, if we're human hardware, right, we can be hard programmed. And then what we put into ourselves is the, um, the input that we get, and as a result of that, there's this output that happens. What are we inputting ourselves with? 
What are we allowing ourselves uh, to be? Uh, what are we allowing ourselves to? Where are we allow, allowing ourselves to be corrected? Where are we allow, allowing ourselves to be chastened? Where are we? Um, because again, in verse twelve, it says, "For whom the Lord loves, He corrects, just as the Father, the Son, in whom He delights." See, if you're going through a season where God's putting you through a period of refining, where through a period of like just shaving off some of the rough edges, that can be painful. But just know that God's not in the business of wasting time. Have you ever noticed that as a parent, um, so as a parent, there's a whole bunch of stuff that I'll correct my kids on, but there's just some stuff that I won't because it's not that important at the end of the day. So if Charlie and Ash go towards the fire all the time, I'm going to chasten and correct them in that that sense. If Asher doesn't put one um, one sock in the bin one time, then I'm probably not going to. God doesn't waste his time. So if God's telling you that you need to work on something, if the Holy Spirit's prompting you to pray more, to, to give more, to whatever it looks like, just know that he's doing that for a reason, because he loves you, he delights in you. Finally, at the end of this passage, um, we meet Lady Wisdom. Like, so it's one of the most famous um, metaphors in the Bible. Uh, Actually, it's technically personification, but where this whole idea of wisdom is literally personified as a person. And I think the really interesting thing is, is verse 13 to 18, the really interesting thing is, is in verse 13 to 18, it actually looks really, really similar to Proverbs 31. Like the picture of an ideal, uh, like the, you know, the ideal woman chapter. It actually sounds similar. It's got a very similar tone to it. So check this out. It says verse 13. Happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. For her proceeds are better than the profits of silver and her gain than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies and all the things you may desire cannot compare with her. Length of days are in her right hand and her left hand are riches and honour. Her ways are the ways of pleasantness. And all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her, and happy are all who retain her. Sounds like a wonderful, wonderful. If Lady Wisdom was a real person, sounds like a wonderful, wonderful thing to possess. Sounds like there's all kinds of blessings that come when we trust God, lean not in our own understanding, and start leaning into the wisdom that God has for us. So it's really similar, uh, really similar language to Proverbs 31, as I said. The point that I wanted to make today is there's a link between trusting God and finding wisdom. There's a difference between godly wisdom and earthly wisdom. You honor God with what you have. You let him discipline and refine you. And he who finds wisdom finds a good thing. So that being the case. Here's my question. How are you going with trusting God? How are you going with letting him correct you? How are you going with not relying on your own wisdom? How are you going with having confidence that God will do what he says he will do? 
you wanted to put it another way, if you were to take your life right, and on the one side is stuff that you trust God with, and on the other side is the stuff that you trust yourself with, what does that look like for you? I wrote down this thought really late last night, so I don't know whether it's a good thought or a bad thought, but it hurts, so you guys can have it and you can tell me whether it's right or wrong. I think um, as Christians, as human beings, one of the greatest lies that we tell ourselves is, I've got this. I've got this. I've got this all together. I can handle this. I can carry this. I think it's one of the great lies that we tell ourselves. Some of the worst accidents... um, that have ever happened in the world. Some of them appear in the Darwin Awards, which is like the yearly thing of uh, the yearly uh, uh, the yearly list of awards for people that have um, injured themselves in a way that meant that they either passed away or can no longer have children. Right? That's that's what the awards are. So many of these um, things start with "I got this," "I can carry this," "I can hold this." Let's trust more, building not on our own foundations, but let's build on solid ground. Um, When Jesus, um, the parable of the wise and the foolish builders, you know, where it's like, well, what do you build your life on? I don't know if we always ever go into the context of it, um, but when it comes to the parable of the wise and the foolish builders that Jesus talks about in Matthew 7, It's not actually talking about Jesus himself. It's talking about the wisdom and the words of Jesus. So um, it's actually at the end of a whole bunch of other parables, and this is like his way of um, finishing off. And it's called The Wise and the Foolish Builders. And this is how it starts. And quite often, um, only half the verse gets read out. Verse 24, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine... And puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall, um, because it had its foundations on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell down with a great crash. My encouragement for you today, church, is build your house upon the rock. Build your house on the words and the wisdom of Jesus Christ. Get to know what he has for you and the plans that he has for you. Um, As a teacher, one of the things that I've learned is that if you learn something and you don't put it into action, by definition, you haven't learned it. So by definition, you haven't learned it. So if I was to take the kids under the age of 18... And I was to teach them to write an essay, and at the end of that, they couldn't write an essay, then they haven't learned how to write an essay. They might have knowledge of it, but if they've never put it into practice, then it's not learning at all. So here's my um, application. What areas of your life are you going to lean on God more this week, moving forward, from this point on? Because like I said earlier on, as we know more, as we know the nature and the character of this, um, this saviour that we have, we'll, know, we'll learn to lean on him more and we'll learn to trust him more. Amen? Awesome. Let me pray for you guys. Lord, I thank you so much uh, 
that your words and your wisdom are something that we can build our house and our foundations upon, that you are the cornerstone in our lives. Um, I, I just pray that, um, that we learn to lean into you more, that we learn to trust you more, that where there's a choice between worldly wisdom and heavenly wisdom, I would take the heavenly truth. Lord, in those areas of our lives where we've said that we've got this, in those areas of our lives where we said we don't need you, Lord, we repent of that now. We thank you that you are the way, you are the truth, you are the life, you are the word. And so, Lord, um, just moving forward, I just pray that there'll be areas of our life that you highlight and that you would give us the right attitude uh, to be able to, as we're, as we're corrected and as we're sort of, um, as direction is changed, that we just have a, such a great attitude about that, that we would know that you love us and want the best for us. In Jesus' name, amen.